Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the big show, Gordon Monson. Whew. Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, also known as, come on. G-mon, but come on. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum coming up here momentarily, Gordo. We'll ask him what went wrong against Coastal Carolina. And we should ask him um, uh, some of the stuff about uh, the BYU and their relationship with the Mountain West Conference and Brady Hoke bringing all that back up again. You know, when you were talking about Brady Hoke, just a thought just kept recurring in my mind. And just people don't forget. They do not forget. All these years later, they still have it in their minds. That's crazy to me. You'd think it would uh, just sort of fade away over time. Oh, heck no. Grudges last forever, Gordon. <laughs> That's one of the real joys in life. Huh? Well, I don't know how much. I, I mean, we, we talked about inequity and who's uh, more value in a, in a conference where everybody's supposed to be on equals. I mean, you, you know, you've heard the, the chatter, the same as I have over the years, about how sometimes universities weren't uh, all that excited to listen to BYU's opinion when they absolutely had to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a thing. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, former BYU quarterback and our good friend Tanner Magum. What's going on, Tanner? What's up, Jake? How's it going? Good, buddy. Hey, uh, first question, uh, we were talking about nicknames. Uh, well, actually, two-part question. What do you think about simply Gamon as a nickname for Gordon? And did you have any nicknames, or do you have any nicknames? The Mon? Gamon, like G-mon, but pronounced Gamon. Gamon. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you, you're pretty clever with these nicknames. Last last week was uh, Captain Good Time. Yeah, Captain Good Time. Yeah, we're on a roll. Present. You're on a roll. <laughs> um, my nickname, uh, I mean, growing up, I was always, like, it was always um, something with, with Mangum, like T-Mang or some, like, my Little League teams called me Mango um, or Tan Man. Cause, like, right. Those are the first three, the first three letters of my first and last name. Um, but nowadays, it's, it's I don't know. I've kind of grown grown out of it. I, I I'm just just boring Tanner now. <laughs> Mango's not bad. That's yeah. pretty good. I like Tan Man. That's funny. Yeah, it works. Well, we're, we're t- yeah. We're talking about this because Devin Booker made it known that he wanted to be known as D Book or just Book, D- right? Is that yeah, yeah, not Devin. Not Devin. <laughs> Which, I saw that as well. Which Devin is a perfectly good name. I don't know why that would make him uncomfortable, but all right. You know, I'll play along. A little strange. I said this, Tanner, that once you reach a certain level of celebrity, can't you not, like, ask somebody to call you a different name? You know, once you've, once you've uh, uh, become popular with that name, you really can't go back, right? I mean, uh, isn't well, it uh, the, the Bare Naked Ladies have said that they would have named their band something else uh, had they known they'd get so popular? Well, I, I think it worked out for them, and who knows, maybe it helped draw some attention to them. But I think it... it as much as people would call them the name they want to call them, celebrities also have the, uh, I guess, the uh, the ability to just go by whatever name they want to go by, even if it's just one name. Or if you get to that level, you just are known by one name. Like you could just say LeBron and everyone knows who you're talking about, or Kobe, or Serena, 
uh, you know, there's, there's those, or just even uh, the soccer players do that a lot too. They just go by one name and, and, you know, wouldn't it be cool to just, uh, to have a, to have a name like that where everyone says it and they know who you're talking about. Kind of like Monson. Ah, not, not, so. not quite there yet. <laughs> not quite there. Not quite yeah. There, there. was a, a former uh, leader of, uh, of a church around here that had that name. So I suppose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially here in Utah. There's, there can be mixed signals with that name. <laughs> so, uh, wait, wait, Devin Booker. He's not a, he's not a Jordan athlete. Is he Tanner? No, he's not. Okay. I just, he's, he's, he's Nike. Okay. All right. Tanner works for Jordan, so I uh, thought I'd uh, make that clear before we were made well, fun of Well, actually, it. on that on that note, uh, the Jordan brand added uh, UCLA yesterday. How about that? UCLA, uh, what, uh, Under Armour, uh, got out of their contract with the, with the Bruins, and they signed with Jordan yesterday. Isn't that right? Correct. It was announced this morning. Hmm. Well, I, that makes some sense. Basketball brand, basketball school. Uh, all right, uh, let's talk some football, Tanner. Um, your takeaways from what what was a really great game against Coast Carolina. It was fun to watch. I know it didn't go the way BYU fans wanted, but your takeaways from uh, from their lone loss this year. Well, it's it's a heartbreaking one for Cougar fans, that's for sure, just because there was so much excitement going into it. Uh, I think hats off to BYU and Coastal Carolina for even making it happen. It was cool to see all the different storylines throughout the country of people just, just – uh, grateful that these two teams on a whim decided to make this happen. Uh, it was a, a good news, feel good story that kind of, um, you know, distracted some people from the, the doom and gloom of, of what's been going on this year uh, to up and coming programs who just decided to go um, duke it out in Myrtle beach. And, and it was an, an entertaining game too. It was, it was close. It was hard fought, came down to the last play to the last yard. Um, but that said, it was heartbreaking uh, it's just because obviously BYU has been looking for this chance to uh, boost their resume, show the nation what they're made of, show the playoff committee what they're made of, and to, uh, to end in a loss is, is disappointing. But at the same time, at least they did it on their terms. They went out on their terms. They, they, um, they didn't leave it to chance. They went out and, and, and fought for it. They took on a very daunting challenge to play a very good team with a complex offense on two days of preparation is hard to do. And, but they went out and, and gave it their best shot and came up just short. Were you surprised Tanner that BYU couldn't dominate in the trenches a little more? That is the number one thing that, that surprised me the most. I think going into the game, looking at the depth chart, looking at the matchups, I thought BYU's, offensive and defensive fronts would dominate. I thought they had a clear advantage just, just, just on paper, just looking at their size. I mean, Coastal Carolina's starting center was five foot nine, 290 pounds. And Kyrus Tonga is 6'4", 320. I thought for sure the defensive line would be wreaking havoc in, uh, in the run game, in the backfield. And then on the offensive side, I, I thought BYU's offensive line would do what they've been doing all year long. In controlling the line of scrimmage, giving Zach time, opening holes for the run game, but it wasn't that way. That's not how it played out. And then so that's where you have to give Coastal Carolina credit for overcoming the the physical odds and really controlling the line of scrimmage and and uh, especially for their offense, the way they were able to control time of possession, extend drives. Uh, they had the run game working, and um, and that's that's I think that's where the game was won right there. 
Have you had a, did you play in any similar situations where the other team was just running the ball and dominating the time of possession and you knew you were only going to get so many opportunities to to win the football game? What's that like? Oh man, I'm, it's funny. The first the first game that came to my mind was a high school game. It wasn't a college one, but there was a high school team we played that was very just uh the reason why I thought of it was because Coastal Carolina kind of ran a similar offense as them, kind of the spread a spread option with a lot of um, you know play action and, and movement and uh, things to keep the defense on their toes. But uh, I, you know, but it's a, there's not a college game that comes to my mind right away. But there are there are I know there are plenty of times where I've been on the sideline, just waiting, 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 just wanting to get an opportunity to get back on the field, and it's it makes it hard on an offense. That's why for me, when I look at this game, I don't put so much of it on the offense as I do on the defense, because when, when the offense is on the sidelines for most of the game, when they lose, when you, when you're losing by 15 minutes in time, in the time of possession, that's hard for an offense to get into a rhythm. It's hard to get, uh, to get comfortable because your opportunities are so limited. Uh, I don't remember the number, the total number of drives that each team got, but I know for BYU it was low, and uh, and and uh, so that's where Coastal Carolina was able to, to be slow, methodical, uh, control the ball, not give Zach more opportunities, uh, not allow that BYU offense to stay on the field, um, and unfortunately for for Cougar fans, BYU's defense couldn't get off the field. They couldn't get stops when they needed them. Uh, too many drives were extended. A lot of third down conversions. And uh, that, as a quarterback, when you're when you're sitting on the bench watching that happen, uh, that's that's tough to tough to watch. So Tanner, uh, what did you, speaking of getting comfortable, it didn't look like Zach Wilson felt very comfy in that game. Uh, and we've had this conversation with you before about how defenses can knock a quarterback out of his comfort zone and uh, by, by pressuring him. And it seems like that's what happened again and again. Not only did Coastal Carolina uh, thump Zach a couple times on that interception he threw. And by the way, we want to get your thoughts on that. But also, uh, he, he just looked out of sorts. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree that the offense as a whole didn't look as comfortable as they have in, in weeks past. And and uh, I think it was maybe a little bit eye-opening uh, because I I think there were a lot of hopes that uh, that BYU would be able to, to, to dominate and provide that protection for Zach, um, but it, 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 it didn't it didn't show on the field and and I think that that shows to the ranking committees, uh, the college football playoff committee that maybe they maybe BYU wasn't as stout or as strong or as dominant uh, as they thought they were. Uh, and, and, you know, as if you were to put them against a top-tier team like, like in Alabama, like a Notre Dame or a, a Ohio State or Clemson or Florida, um, you know, you, if, if BYU is struggling to um, protect Zach against a, a smaller front like Coastal Carolina, how would they do against a, a, a power five, uh, a, a top-tier power five team? Um and and so that was, I think, um, a disappointment. Uh, but that said, sometimes it happens. Uh, sometimes that sometimes those games happen. But um, but you're still able to to make plays. But I thought Coastal Carolina's defense did a good job of containing Zach. And uh, you know he he made some good throws, made some good plays. But it wasn't uh, the uh, the 
I guess, explosion of, of big plays, of down-the-field plays that uh, that BYU was accustomed to making in weeks past. So, again, I was really surprised by Coastal's defense and how they were able to create that pressure and create that uh, that discomfort for the BYU offense. And the hit after the pick? That uh, was extremely Bush League low blow. I, here, like, here's the thing. I, I, I threw plenty of interceptions in my day, and I am fully aware that once you throw an interception, you have to have your head on a swivel because you are fair game. And defenders love the fact that you are fair game because they have been – having to hold back all game long. They're not allowed to hit the quarterback after he throws. They're not allowed to hit him high. Uh, you know, the quarterbacks are, are always protected, and, de- and defenders will, you know, they, they revel in the fact that now they can just go block you and, and go be physical with you. Like, it, it's, it's something that defenders will take advantage of every time. But that said, those two defenders on Coastal Carolina took it too far. To, to, to continually just body slam him into the ground, two-on-one, just you know, roughing him up. It was unnecessary roughness. Like, it's blocking, blocking someone on a return is one thing, but to do that is just too far. And I, it, it made me mad just watching, watching that happen, and I was not surprised at all to see the BYU bench clear the way it did because if you, if, if you see your quarterback getting treated that way, you're going to get – you know, you're going to get um, a lot of people in your face because, you know, people aren't going to put up with that. Is it really tough bouncing back from difficult losses, or is that just kind of a, a cliche? Well, it depends on the team. I think good teams are, are just fine. Uh, I think it depends on, on your coach, the, the, the way your coach approaches the, the, uh, the, 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 the I guess, the, uh, the, the process leading up to the next week, how they address practice. Um, the attitude that they instill, the culture that's instilled. Um, so I, I, th- I think if a team is worth is is worth something, they'll they're able to bounce back from adversity. And we've talked about this BYU team before. They have a lot of veterans, a lot of upperclassmen who have dealt with a lot of losses before, who have dealt with losing seasons, who have uh, dealt with their fair share of adversity. And so I I don't foresee a loss like this. Um, derailing them too much. I think they have a good culture. I think they have uh, the right coaches to keep them focused, to keep them uh, focused on bouncing back and not dwelling on this. Uh, and, and so we'll see how they bounce back next week. But I, I, I think this team and the, and the players on it and the, the seniors and the leaders on this team won't allow last week's loss to, uh, to get them down in the dumps for too long. The uh, the offense is going to have to get organized, though, Tanner, because San Diego State isn't quite as good this year, at least results-wise, as we thought, but it still has a fairly stiff defense. It'll be interesting to see whether that whether Zach can be properly protected and and whether uh, that offensive line of which you spoke can, uh, can sort of control things when it's on the field. Yeah, I, I really think BYU will be okay. I... I uh... I, I give a lot of credit to Coastal Carolina, um, but I, I think BYU is it, they're right there. They're um, they're they're much better than they have been in years past, and and I think that they'll be able to get it figured out. I think the protection, obviously, just like you said, needs to be better, needs to get sorted out. Um, but you know, if you, if they can if they can take care of that, they'll they'll be okay um, in this this upcoming week with San Diego State, uh, but also. 
not just not just protection, but in the run game as well. Uh, I think that was uh, something that could have been um, obviously would have liked to have had more of uh, during the, the during Saturday's game with with Coastal Carolina. Just having having a more balanced attack, having having the run game working uh, always helps in the, in the pass game. Uh, and so, if if BYU can establish the run better against uh, San Diego State, I think it'll open up even more. Uh, uh, open up the passing game even more. Tanner, we appreciate you jumping us on as always. Thanks, man. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Good to hear from you. Back at you. Tanner Mangum, former BYU quarterback and uh, BYU analyst right here on the big show. It's interesting. Since that happened to Zach on Saturday, I've talked to a couple of uh, college football players who have said it is well known by everybody that when a quarterback throws a pick that uh, not only do do the players on uh, on the other side go hunting for the quarterback, the quarterback is well aware to, to be careful, to look out for what might happen to him. But on that particular play, I don't know what else Zach could have done. He'd lift his head off the ground and boom, he gets hit again. I'm trying to remember who the quarterback was. Uh, didn't Warren Sapp injure somebody? Didn't he really hurt somebody blocking uh, a quarterback way, way, way uh, away from the ball? Do you remember in that? Sounds familiar, but I can't recall who it was. I'm just trying to remember who. Uh... Anyway, I think he was famous for that, where he really just demolished some quarterback who wasn't even paying attention uh, after throwing an interception. But, yeah, they, they, absolutely. You see it all the time. It was Kurt Warner. There yeah. you go. Just leveled Kurt Warner when Kurt was just like, oh, crap, I threw a, an interception. I'm going to pout about it. And then Warren Sapp nearly ended his life. <laughs> when Kurt Warner wasn't uh, wasn't a diminutive quarterback. I mean, he was a big, strong fellow. But uh, I, I tell you, you throw a pick, you better you better start <laughs> you better start looking out for the guys who are coming after you. Well, a lot of BYU fans were were uh, grumbling as well because uh, the, the team didn't seem to. I mean, that Gunter guy who did it. Uh, wreaked havoc all game long. I mean, uh, I know you yeah. missed this segment yesterday when Hans was on, but that's what he was talking about when he was talking about mailing uh, that guy back to his family in pieces. Mm-hmm. Is how you respond after after something like that happens to uh, to uh, a teammate, and that that Gunter dude dominated all game long. Yeah, I, w- I would have liked to have seen the way Hans would have responded had he been on the team. If you do that again, you beepity beep, I swear we will cut you in half and we will <laughs> mail you back to your family. We will do horrible things that will make your entire family cry on Christmas. I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think if I was uh, a defender on Coastal Carolina who was roughing up the quarterback, and, and Hans Olsen was standing over on the sideline, I think I would uh, run the other way because I think the big fellow would have probably done some damage and maybe gotten thrown out. I could see Hans getting thrown out of a game. You mean the, the, the guy who uh, threatened his opponent in wrestling to pin himself or would break his arm? <laughs> that guy? Hans... Hence, in in anger, I think that man could probably whoop up on just about anybody. You know, I mean, come on, <laughs> he would just destroy some folks. 
And then, just for fun, he might balance that person on his chin just for a little extra show. Hans does like to balance things on his chin. That is true. I don't know like about people. Entire tables. But, you know. All right. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. Check your text because I had a couple of other great ideas for incriminating audio. You know, I saw I saw them, Jake, and uh, <laughs> you are a bad man. <laughs> you're funny, but you're a bad man. <laughs> Stop thinking like that. Stay tuned. More Big Show next, <laughs> 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This one goes out to Kenny. Welcome on back. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to Tanner Mangum for jumping on with us in the last segment. I like this song. I love They Might Be Giants. This is one of those earworm songs that it's it's going to be there for a while. Yeah, enjoy this for the next yeah, month. Yeah, it's going to be there for a minute. I mean, it's no it's no baby shark, but yeah, it'll be there for a minute. They did the uh, the theme song for The Big Bang Theory. Ah, uh, yeah. No, or, no, 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 uh, that's Bare that's, Naked Ladies. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was but forced they sound to watch. Very similar. I was basically forced to watch that entire show. So, you very familiar it. with it. You liked it. Um, I, I mean, I did it. You know, if I really hated it, I I certainly would not have done it. But uh, it, it was okay. Was it you or was it you, Gordon, who told me about the uh, the YouTube clip of Big Bang Theory without me the who, laugh track? Who yeah. told you that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, it was me. No, it was me. It was me. Well, in any, in any case, it's that song was, is was not you, by Jake? They Might Be Giants. Uh, I thought it was me. I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I, this is so consequential. I'm more than happy to give you all the credit. The best way to describe Rick Majerus, someone once said, actually, I think actually, it was me. Actually, a wise man once described Rick <laughs> Wait a minute. A wise man was me. I didn't say wise man. <laughs> You know, Smartest the, man I've ever the heard. The most brilliant thing I've ever uh, seen or heard said about Rick Majerus was by someone. Uh, who was it? Oh, yeah. That someone was me. <laughs> That's not how I said it. <laughs> That's basically exactly how you said it. Uh, basically exactly. Huh. <laughs> basically right. exactly uh, how you said it. That's uh, it's true. Uh, it looks like the Ohio State-Michigan game will not be played uh, for COVID reasons, Gordon. And uh, now, of course, the hot topic is out there. Does the Big Ten change their rules to get Ohio State into the Big Ten championship game now that they are in contention for a college football playoff berth? I don't know what they're going to do, but I have a suspicion they may change them. And then you talk about how uh, you know conference members are equal or are not equal. I wonder how others in that family are going to react to the changing of the rule. You know, it's like everybody sitting around the table at dinner time, the whole family, you know, an extend a big family, and then one one of the kids wants more mashed potatoes than anybody else is going to get. How's everybody else going to react to that? 
food so, fight. So Ohio State, let's say they don't get into the Big 12 championship. That means that they will be – or the Big 10 championship, excuse me. That means that they will have played five games – or are they going to schedule a six? Well, let's just call it six games. Let's say let's say Ohio State wins one more game, uh, regardless of if it's the Big Ten championship or not, and they improve to six and zero. Should they really get into the playoff? What's the average that uh, the teams that are going to qualify for the playoff? I wonder how what the average is. How many games has Clemson played? Well, here you go. Oh. I've got it in front of me. All right. So okay. here's the AP top twenty-five: Alabama nine and zero, Notre Dame ten and zero, Ohio State five and zero. Clemson, uh, Clemson nine and one, Texas A and M seven and one, Florida eight and one, Cincinnati eight and zero, and then down to since uh, Indiana, the next Big Ten on the uh, team on the list six and one, Miami eight and one, uh, oh, Iowa State eight and two, Coastal Carolina ten and zero, uh, Georgia six and two, Oklahoma seven and two. So most of them have played at least ten games. Yeah, and Ohio State's played five. Come on. Come on. Yeah, that's Come on. an issue. That is a that is a major issue. Yeah, I don't think they should get into the college football playoff regardless. I really don't. I don't think six games is enough. Doesn't seem like it. That doesn't seem fair, although it's a weird year. It is a weird year. I and and I'm with you and I'm you know me. I'm I'm all about flexibility and all of this, so I get it. But but six compared to 10? Come on. Do you think Michigan's ducking Ohio State? Uh, no, I don't think so. Ohio State sure was proud to make it clear to everyone that they played last week with half their team out. You notice how strongly they hit that over and over again. And I have not read Ryan Day's uh, comments today that he's been sending out. Hasn't he been just a loose cannon today? I haven't followed it all that closely, but I mean, I'm sure he's out there advocating for his team. But but with the college football playoff committee as as wise and uh, as, as they and not <laughs> self interested as they are, I don't see how they could come out and say, "Well, BYU hasn't played anybody," and then look at Ohio State, who literally hasn't played anybody, <laughs> and say that they're going to be able to get in. Yeah, well, hypocrisy does rage at times. <laughs> right? Am I the first? Am I the only one to notice this? Uh, we're not going to let BYU in. They haven't played anybody. What about Ohio State? They, they, they've only played five games. Ah, they would have won the games if they were scheduled. Fine. Let them in. Uh, it's, is, it's Ohio that's State. That's a great point, Jake. I don't know. I can't wait to hear, though. I well, we'll get the we'll get the rankings tonight at at five, and I'll tell you what I I liked it a lot more when we were glued to those rankings to see how high BYU was or was not. But I'll be curious to see what they do with the Buckeyes because yeah, if you only play five games, even if you play six, I mean, is that uh, Texas A and M at seven and one or Florida at eight and one? I'd be griping because they've played you know uh, at least four more games at this point than than Ohio State, and that's four opportunities to lose. Ohio State is does <laughs> I hesitate to use the eye test because that's what we're using for BYU as well. But uh, Ohio State is pretty talented, but but I mean five games, holy cow! That is even in a weird year. That's might not be enough. Yeah, I don't I don't think it is. I really don't. I'll tell you and right and now, it's it's the Big Ten. It's their own fault. I mean, if they would have 
would have been more proactive to figure out how to do it, they could have gotten more games in. The screaming that's going to come out of Columbus is going to be loud. Very loud. Well, if they get in and I'm Texas A&M in Florida, I, I'm grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But this year is so weird. I mean, it's just strange how, how, how <laughs> the complaining is loud in every year, right? But uh, this year in particular. Because some teams just haven't had the opportunity. Wow, it sounds like we're talking about an independent or a, a G5 team, doesn't it? We didn't get the opportunity, Jake. Ohio State didn't get the chance. Well, Jeez. cry me a river. <laughs> <laughs> cry me a river. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm letting a team in that, uh, that has played so few games. It's just funny how they can justify one action and then, you know, yeah. have a completely different set of circumstances to justify another. Jake, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. Well, BYU. Wait, has... you're the Ohio State Buckeyes. <laughs> BYU hasn't played anybody. Actually, they've played 10 somebodies, whereas Ohio State <laughs> has only played five. <laughs> that is so true. Sorry. Not, doesn't qualify. And people will be grumpy because the ACC will get two teams in and the SEC will get two teams in and, and everybody will, will cry about it, including out of Columbus, as you say. Well, and, then add more add more qualifications for the playoff. Well, the Big Ten should, should have started earlier. And honestly, the college football playoff should just bump things back. I've been saying it forever. It's not going to happen, I know, for, yeah. for some stupid reason. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me but they they're they're not going to give them any more time to play more games so it gets back to what 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 are you going to do go with you're going to go with the teams that you think are the best teams you're going to go with the teams that have earned their way in because winning five games is not earning your way in i don't even think playing six games would be I do you think that ohio state is if you know is it one of the top four teams in all of college football well i have no idea I guess that's the point. Based on what you've seen. Um, I don't know. I mean, have they looked that much better than somebody, say, Florida or Texas A&M or even Cincinnati for that that's matter? A good, I that's mean, a good question, too. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But they, they have uh, less on the resume. Yeah, that's that's fair. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I'd love to see the Big Ten get left out regardless of the reason. So. <laughs> Oh, man, how is the committee going to react to that? The, the same way. We'll pre I'll predict it now. They'll be fourth. They'll be fourth because the, the committee, uh, you know, values its uh, brand names. I mean, why do you think Oklahoma makes the stupid playoff every year, even though they get their faces kicked in? <laughs> but every year the, the playoff committee uh, gives them the benefit of the doubt. Hmm, maybe the Sooners have it this year. Maybe this is the team. Let's let them in again. Hey, but uh, but committee, they lost by 40 last year. Oh, no, but this year's their year. I mean, I, I, I would bet they leave Ohio State at four. Yeah, but will they ultimately leave them at four? Hmm. Don't. I, I think there's some real doubt there, Jake. I, I mean, but but this committee is a bunch of people who have their own agenda 
and are going to go the way they think is best for whoever they're representing. You know, I mean, I I just uh, your muffins are ready, Gordon. Yeah, I saw <laughs> that going off over there. You know, there the, it is. The brand muffins yeah, coming so. out of the cheese oven. delivery. <laughs> Uh, you know, I I don't know. I don't know uh, it, when when you start talking about cheating uh, teams that you normally want to protect. Uh, this is where it gets real messy. Well, I don't think they deserve it, even if they play a sixth game. I I come on, come on. I, <laughs> I don't think uh, you know. I I think Florida at eight and one. Uh, I mean, I think that's that's a more qualified team. And now you're now you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. How so? Because these are all people that you're you're supposed to be looking out for their best interest, right? Because they're all in the club. Well, they're not letting Cincinnati in. I know. And they're not letting Coastal in. Yeah, they're not. They're not. But I but I like it when there's infighting within the privileged. You just want to see it burn burn the system down yes. from the inside. You just <laughs> I want to see them devour one another. In all honesty, yeah. that's I, I am a little disappointed to be why you lost for that reason because it takes the committee off the hook. Totally takes takes them off the hook. They don't have to make that. You know, I would say difficult decision, but the, uh, really, uh, it's not that difficult for them. It would just make them look bad of leaving I, BYU out. Oh baby, I just I I just want to hear the complaining, the whining that's coming out of Ohio State. If they don't get in, Jake, it is going to be hell to pay. But because they're one of the blue bloods, I just love it that lately the playoff committee has done their job so badly, at least here locally, that uh, the hot take of let's go back to the BCSs I've heard come up multiple times. <laughs> I, I have as well. Let's get the computers back involved. <laughs> so funny. Oh, man, you think if they added more members to the committee, it would make it better or worse? Uh, I'd make it, um, I don't know if it would have any impact. I think they need to get the self-interested voices out of the room. That's why I don't hate going by the AP poll. I mean, at least these wingnut writers, you know, uh, I mean, they barely know what they're looking at, but at least they're, unba- <laughs> you know, they're unbiased. Allegedly. And you think the committee members do know what they're looking at? Oh, yeah. well, f- it doesn't matter. They know the spreadsheet they're looking at. They know the uh, <laughs> what am I, the the ledger they're looking at. I I I do want to see the Goliaths just absolutely just eat each other alive. That would uh, be that that would all. This is going to be fun to watch. All right, we'll get to more coming up next. We got Woo. Austin's list right. Around oh. the corner, our friend uh, Matt Williamson is going to drop by at 4, talk a little NFL football, and then Bowler jumps on the air at 5. Jazz preseason gets started Saturday, Gordon. It is. It's like, coming up, man. It's here, man. It's here. Yeah. All right, stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Fiber Austin's list. This is Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Our producer, Austin Horton, has an enemies list. And we put people on it a couple times a week. It's quite therapeutic for Austin, I believe. Yeah, it's therapeutic for all of us. 
Man, uh, Gordon, by the way, the, these uh, ideas for incriminating audio are just coming fast and furious. I mean, they sure just, are. Yeah, some real good, some real dynamite <laughs> stuff. You're in real you, trouble. I know you are on your A game today. Uh, Austin's List <laughs> is brought to you by our friends today. Today Amazing. is brought to you by our Amazing. friends at the warehouse. He forgot again. Join us. Uh, Gordon, coming he up forgot again. On Friday from 2 to 6 at the warehouse, 1825 uh, South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. It's the warehouse. What did I forget? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't forget. I yes, just, you did. I just did it. Oh, uh, you forgot again. Uh, I just did you it. You forgot again. <laughs> it's Unbelievable. It's As a- the music's playing. Brought to you by what, Jake? The warehouse. Yes, Jake. Go ahead. Totally forgets. Did not. I you just, did. I just did. It. You were staring at me like, "Are you gonna go? Are you gonna talk? Or what? What were you sitting here doing nothing for? Own well, it, football man." Football Friday at the warehouse. Lemon and Mac. I'm telling Lots of Tom. jokes. You forget them all the time. Uh, all right, Austin. Who's going on the list besides <laughs> me today? Uh, <laughs> you're you're definitely on the list. I'm putting uh, a lot of people on the list. In fact, Ooh. I'm putting an entire industry. And a sub-industry on the list. Wow. That is a lot of people. The entirety of political leaders. Okay. Everybody. Involved in this story. All right. And the entirety of the leaders of Hollywood involved in this story. Okay. And you host a movie radio show. Are there Okay. Yeah. Stephen Warner and his brother Fred. And John Universal. Carl Paramount. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, this story came to me, came to my attention because of you, Jake, actually. Uh-huh. There's a woman named Angela Marsden who runs and operates the Pineapple Hill Saloon and Bar or Grill or something or other in Sherman Oaks, California. Okay. And uh, she has been adhering to all of these COVID-19 safety regulations that the state... <coughs> of California, uh, the Republic of California has been enforcing that have that are changing every three days. She sets up her store, she adheres to these rules, only to find out, no, that's no longer any good, you have to redo it all. She has set up, she's paid all this money to set up this outdoor patio that's covered, and it's each, each bench is literally bolted into the ground six feet away on all other sides of the bench from the other benches, the tables, I mean. She has this all set up, and the state of California, the day before she was going to reopen, said, nope, that's actually, that's no longer adhered, you're no longer adhering to health standards with that, you can't do it. Can't open. And so she's got these employees who she's now huge into debt uh, and can't pay them. They aren't working, There's and she's on the verge of having to shut it down. So she goes to work one day to see what else she can do to try and adhere to the new uh, regime's regulations, and she uh, discovers that in her same parking lot, on the same property as her pineapple grill, is a TV production set. And I, I counted 18 uh, of these uh, dining canopies with the same exact same length and width of tables set up wall to wall inside these 18 canopy dining areas. And they're just allowing all of these people to be right next to each other, bumping elbows, but the Pineapple Hill and Grill uh, has to, you know, go under. Well, it turns out it, it ends well for her because she put up a, a stink on social media about it. 
she's received over $150,000 in donations. Wow. The governor has taken note and said, oh, we're going to get you back open, blah, 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 blah. But the reason they go on my list still is that it shouldn't take her going on social media. <laughs> Why does Hollywood get to stay open and Ma and Pa have to go to the soup kitchen? I did. I did see this video. And, Gosh! And, and if I were this woman, I would have. I mean, she she behaved, behaved incredibly rationally, in my opinion, in this video. Yes. Because I would have absolutely lost my darn mind if I pulled into my parking lot to only see it taken up by, like, a, a preparation to feed hundreds, if not thousands like of people. Like the army is being fed there that afternoon. And you look at her, like, her setup, and she, you can tell she invested in it. It's a night Like, she created an outdoor space. Just so she could stay in business. So I'm all for doing things safely. And I, I love the, the mask thing. And I love uh, sanitizing and staying away from each other. And limiting our social gatherings to only when it's necessary. And in smaller numbers. But can't we also not put people out on the street during this whole thing? Does she have to go live in a gutter because good girls NBC... It needs a, a third episode before it's canceled by the fifth episode? Stop it! Well, they were probably filming the uh, the erotic uh, Colonel Sanders uh, movie. <laughs> <laughs> the recipe for seduction. The recipe for seduction. Yeah, uh, so I mean, anyway, I, I don't mean to yell. It's all right. I think it's worth But I, I literally would be, if I were her, I would not have posted a video no. on social media. You'd see me next from a closed circuit television inside a court somewhere in a jumpsuit and shackles. Because you, you set it all on fire? Yeah. <laughs> all of it. How, how are you? Uh, how'd you react to this again? Awesome. How did I react to it? Yeah. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I just, I hate to see people lose their entire livelihoods while the good folks at NBC get to put out another trash burn of a TV show. But we love to see you lose your mind. I, I already did. That's fine. I don't know. You can't really. Uh, that's see, Gordon. That's, that's not be, an act. I really mean it. Right? I, I know. You we can't know. recreate that kind of passion. I know, but I love it. Well, well they are on the list. Deservedly so, might I add. God. All right, our friend Matt Williamson, our NFL insider, is going to join the show next. <laughs> it is the big show, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The Zone.